0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrup, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Peachtree. Road Race 2020, Colal, and we're Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky s hijinks and analysis. Presented by Graham Waldrup, dog walking. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you need a dog walker? Are you out at work during the day? You need someone to let your dog out to, you know, urinate, defecate, get a nice mile and a half walk in. Let me know. Look me up on Rover. Um, If you use the promo code GRAHAW87967, that's GRAHAW87967, you will get your first walk free. I'll still make my full raid if if you're a new Rover user. So do that if you want. Hit me up. Um, Yeah. Adam, how's it going, sir?
1: I feel like... You using this as a platform to promote your own business, uh, you know, should have been a conversation. I don't know. There's promo codes involved. Do I get a cut of this now? No, no, no.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm a blue collar worker now, Adam. I'm, I'm making like barely minimum wage now, so okay. you get nothing, sir. Nothing. All right, that's fair, Grandma.
1: That's fair. <laughs> You really—you took me off guard with the, the promo. Code. Yeah,
0: promo code is hilarious. Yeah, I was like if you're
1: gonna make one up, at least say ATL zone. But it's a legit, no. It's
0: a legit thing. Legit. Program. Earn more, play more. It says. Interesting. So,
1: well, good luck with that, Graham. I, I, you know, it sounds like you might have a lead on one potential new customer through this podcast. Yep.
0: So, and I got three so far. All in the right. First in, in, entering week two, so hopefully it keeps on uh, keeps on growing. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs>
1: Well, that's great, Graham. Yeah. Um, Before you just completely threw me off with the promo code, I was going to say, I'm a little scared of you this week. Sure. I'm very, very tentative to talk Atlanta professional sports with you, because I know how you are, Graham. You're a reactionary guy.
0: Yeah. Don't you think (laughs) I do have some decent thoughts, though? I'm not like just talking out of my ass.
1: You're you're not a dumbass.
0: Yeah. I was during the four o'clock games after after you left uh, the blue. I was just, we were watching the Cardinals-Cowboys game, which was very entertaining because the Cardinals won. But I just kept saying every, like, five minutes, fuck the Cowboys, fuck the Cowboys. So, yeah, I was being an asshole, man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
1: So maybe I was catching the beginning of that. Uh-huh. Graham was very, very, very angry at the Falcons for their first loss of the season. Yeah, disappointed. It, it was an ugly game. They got, they got, if you're ready to dive into it. Yeah, Graham, let's go, let's go. I mean, they got completely curb stomped by the Lions. Yeah. But, they weren't ready for
0: them. Yeah, lost 20 to 6 uh, on Sunday at Detroit. And I think the the thing I was most frustrated about was just well, I don't know. It's it, like the defense even though they didn't get any sacks, at least they got a few hurries. Nine. Uh nine hurries. Wow.
1: Nine quarterback hits, I think
0: actually. And Grady was responsible for three of them. Uh, leading the team, but yes, yes, you are correct, nine overall hits. So they were getting in there. They weren't finishing the job, but Goff has a lot of weapons. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Gibbs, um, Sam Laporta looked really good, their rookie tight end, and he was just getting the ball out really fast. I mean, it was impressive watching him work. He went 22-33 of for 243 yards, a touchdown and a pick, which on paper isn't, like, amazing, but it was enough to get the job done for Detroit, whereas... Desmond Ritter, on the other hand, throws the ball 38 times at him. 21 of 38 for 201 yards and takes seven sacks. Um, and we only rushed the ball for 44 yards. Detroit's run defense was outstanding. Their pass rush was outstanding. But um, So I don't put this loss on the defense. Even though I want to see more sacks, at least they're getting some pressure. And they held Detroit, who had just put up, I don't know, 31, 35 points, whatever it was the week prior to you know uh, Seattle. So it's not, you know, the Falcons' defense played a lot better than the Seahawks' defense uh, did against Detroit. So, like, we were okay defensively, but offensively it was a mess. Poor pass blocking, can't get the run game going, bad play calling. Desmond Ritter, also, just every single negative thing you've ever heard about Desmond Ritter reared its head in this game. Doesn't look through his progressions when he has time, doesn't step up in the pocket when he doesn't have time, um, you know, and just being generally inaccurate with the majority of his passes. I mean, 17 of his passes were incomplete. And even though he didn't throw a pick, he almost, you know, they dropped, like, a couple of picks against him again. Um, You know, eventually that's going to really bite us in the ass. I think he's only thrown one interception all year, but he's had, like, four or five dropped
1: I remember one really bad decision in this game. Um, The inaccuracy was there for sure. Oh, my God. Uh, But it's also just not being on the same same page with the receivers. Like, him and Drake weren't on the same page. Him and Pitts weren't on the same page. Yeah. There were a lot of drops in this game as well. Like, it was a failure of the entire offense, really.
0: Yeah. No, the offense as, as a whole wears, wears the uh, the albatross this week for sure. I
1: mean, the only thing that looked different was that they were actually getting the ball to Pitts. But, like, we get into this thing where they're kind of forcing the ball to Pitts, And it seems like he's rarely open. Like, you see some of these stud, like, superstar receivers. You know, like, Justin Jefferson gets, like, 17 catches. Yeah. Pitts isn't getting open like that, you know?
0: Well, I mean, you could you could argue that, but let's also remember that when Kyle Pitts' rookie season, when, who was his quarterback, Adam, remind me? Matt Ryan. He had 1,000 yards receiving. Yes, he only had one touchdown. He had the Julio treatment. But this was a guy who got open, who, you know, was able to formulate. I think a lot of it's the chemistry with the quarterback. Um, I do. And, like, there was that play, I remember, where, you know, it's like forcing to Pitts, forcing to Pitts. Pitts is double-covered. And Ritter throws the ball behind him. And it's like, there's nothing you can do about that. You didn't really see that as much when Matt Ryan was his quarterback. So I think, even though, yes, you like to see Pitts get open more, I think it's also just, I think you hit the nail on the head. The chemistry of the quarterback isn't there, and that's also a problem. Not to say Pitts is blameless, but.
1: I, I don't want him to get in because he. You Remember last year with Mariota? You'd see so many times where he'd be wide open down the field, get overthrown, underthrown, usually underthrown. Uh-huh. Or it just like is not right where it's supposed to be, and Pitts would hot dog it a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I saw that look with him this past Sunday after Ritter missed him a couple times, and I don't think he's actually loafing it, but it, like he certainly gives that impression sometimes. And I'm sure like last year it was like, you know, after playing with Mariota for like 10 games or whatever, he's just over it. Um, so I hope he doesn't like get into that same attitude this year with, with Ritter or whoever is going to be quarterback for the rest of the year
0: yeah I mean there's there's a number of ugly stats here um we went one for ten on third down conversions um we averaged 2.8 yards per play we didn't cross the 50 yard line in seven of, of our first nine possessions we only scored like I like we mentioned only scored six points Ku missed another field goal um but even still the offense just sucked all day long uh Lindstrom looked like a revolving door with Facing up against Hutchinson and guys like that, Drew Dahlman sucked. Bergeron sucked. I mean, you know, they didn't do shit in the in the the run game or the pass game in terms of protection. I mean, it was it was just a colossal failure up front, and uh, it makes me, you know, just watching Ritter struggle the way he struggled, and I'm having just a big time over overreaction, you know, after a bad loss, kind of uh, kind of take here, but like he just. He just doesn't look ready. Still, he he doesn't look ready. Like I mentioned, like the inaccuracy, not stepping in the in the pocket, not going through his reads, and uh, you know it's just. And then like he doesn't get rid of the ball. He takes way too long. His wind up, like compare him to watching like a two. I know two is um it, it's an unfair comparison. I'm just talking about like in terms of, like release time. You know two is getting the ball out in like just a little over two seconds. I don't know where Ritter's at with that, but it's like. He has to wind up and take this really loopy arm motion to get the ball out. And it's like, why can't we just – why can't he, you know, give me some flicker kind of like short passes? And he did have a couple of decent passes today. It's not like he was just the worst quarterback you've ever seen in your life. But there's too many things against him right now, and none of them have gotten – you know, none of the the detriments that I've seen against Ritter have gotten – have improved as the season has gone along so far to me.
1: I mean, I'm still big on that he's – only in a seventh game, but I will certainly concede the fact that there haven't been many moments where I'm like super impressed, except for in the the drive. Uh, there were a couple drives throughout the year where he looked like on top.
0: Yeah, like fourth quarter against the Packers, he was he was like we mentioned last week, solid as they come. He's like seven nine for 120 yards and a touchdown. He was he was really good, but you know what was that a product of, and why can't you know Arthur Smith? And Dave Ragon have failed this year completely to get this team going early. They can they just don't go early at all. Yeah, Yeah, the offense just sucks from the like it takes them like three quarters to wake up and maybe get something working collectively. It's just really frustrating. That's not to say everybody, but just as a unit. And then, you know, Arthur Smith abandoned the run game. You're only down by ten points in the third quarter. He just doesn't want to run the ball that much. And I know Detroit wasn't wasn't You know, given anything on the ground, but maybe we can figure out more creative. There were none of those creative plays we saw against the Packers, you know, where it was like, you know, play action to I can't remember who it was like play action to Algier and then pitch out to Robinson or things like that. Or even the pitch to Robinson. We never see that play at all. The the fourth down conversion against Green Bay, you know, that worked so well last week. It was just uncreative running plays, um, bad and, and, and like and it felt like a coach who just was like trying to force his quarterback to win the game. When he's really just not that quarterback yet, it may never be. I don't know.
1: Keep in mind, this is an offense that went off for 500-plus yards just last week that we're feeling pretty good about. But, like, it's not one built for Ritter to throw, or any quarterback, to throw 38 times. No. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, the great defensive end for the Lions, was after the game pretty candid about it. He's like, that was not the ball game we were expecting at all. And he was talking about how the Falcons got the run game going a little bit to start the second half and then just abandoned it again.
0: Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Like, Arthur, Arthur Smith frustrates me as a play caller. Um, you know, positives on defense. Again, Jesse Bates gets his third pick of the year in three games, his fourth turnover forced. So that was good, even though he had a bad pass interference then back in the back of the end zone in the first half. But whatever, the guy's playing outstanding. Uh, Caden Ellis was on fire out there. Uh, he had ten tackles, second in the team, one tackle for loss. Uh, The Falcons, unfortunately, looks like they're going to lose Troy Anderson um, to a season-ending injury to his shoulder. So we're still waiting, I think, unless you've heard something today on on word on that, uh, confirmation on that, I should say. But that's a big loss for the Falcons, if if that's the case.
1: A position where we didn't have a ton of depth to begin with. So Nathan Landman, who filled in for him admirably last week, will step in. But, you know, we need to go get some people. Yeah. Capable backups so that, that's that's a bit of area of concern <clears throat> going forward as the linebackers and I'm still concerned about this offensive line the
0: offensive line's terrible like Caleb McGarry looks like he did in his first four years he doesn't look like the, the the hoss that he was last season like he got his money and now he's like fucked off I don't understand
1: I mean I also think that you know this team historically under Arthur Smith like the offense gets better as the season goes on yeah Sure, they're gonna find more stride and yeah,
0: and you are gonna have bad games. Yeah, not every game is gonna be perfect.
1: This is, this is good, Graham.
0: But look, I, I am down on Ritter. Like I'm really down on him. He, he's showing me nothing. He's not getting better week to week. Um, to me, even though yeah, I, well, that's not entirely true. He was definitely better in the Packers game than he was the Lions game, but still nothing. I'm seeing where I'm like, yeah, that's a consistent NFL quarterback. That's a guy I can really get behind and think that he can he can get there. There's not enough potential. There. There's too much inconsistency um, to me. And you know, we're three games into the season, but it's like, dude, you're just making the same mistakes week after week. And you, he should have like five or six interceptions on the year. I mean, there's been some really bad throws.
1: But big picture and what saved the football weekend in general was every other team in the NFC South lost. Yes. So we're two and one. We're still tied with the Bucks and the Saints. And the Saints. the Saints. Saints had a horrendous loss.
0: Yeah, blew a seventeen uh, point lead.
1: Exactly. So that's fantastic to see. That that makes you feel good about life again. Yeah,
0: and they lost Derek Carr. Um, they say he's going to be out for a while, um, at least three or four games, if not more. So Jameis Winston takes over at quarterback in New Orleans. We don't play them until a little later in the season, though, do we? Right. I think it's. I don't think it's before Week Eight. Yeah, that's too bad.
1: But um, so that's good news. Bucks got tossed around by the. Um, yeah. Who they play? The Eagles. The Eagles last
0: night. Yeah. I didn't watch any of that game, but 25 11.
1: They weren't competitive. It was one big drive where they just threw it up to Mike Evans like four times and got a two point conversion. That's right. really their only scoring. Right.
0: I'm not scared of Baker. The defense is still good for Tampa Bay. The defense will give us trouble. Vita Vea is still a, a very good player, and the defense overall is still a solid unit. So I'm not going to overlook. You can't like, overlook anybody. Um, in the NFC South, even the even the Lowly Panthers, who looked a lot better with Andy Dalton under center, Bryce Young being out this week.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a dog fight. Yeah, and and not a great way. Yeah, it's a bunch of teams. Sick dog.
0: Yeah, it's a bunch of teams that are like, like I would say, like you know, us and the Saints are probably the best teams on paper, and then Tampa Bay is probably under us because of their defense and Mike Evans um, and Godwin. And then the Panthers are just kind of a, a team that's below, slightly below those teams. They play really hard and they have a good D. So we'll see what happens. Um, any other thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, just to piggyback on the Ritter talk, at the end of the day, you, you do have to remember that we're going to learn. Obviously, we're going to keep learning more about him as we go on. And Arthur Smith just has so much tied to this guy. Like if it's obvious that he's not the guy, if there's three more games like that in a row, he's gonna make a move. I would hope so. His job is on like the to line right now. Yeah,
0: like and the thing is, is that you know you've seen, you know he's not a great quarterback. we have seen Heineke have really good games for Washington and his ability to lead a team to victory. I have not. I would say the closest we got to that is against the Packers week two. I still wouldn't like, you know crown Ritter or anything but I would say like you know Heineke's done it multiple times I would say on paper Heineke's probably a better quarterback than Ritter at this point in time I'm not saying you make the move I don't think you can do that right now that probably like destroys everyone's confidence um but I would but you know uh, I think that he's he's got Ritter on a short leash and I just feel like the tension it's like when things don't go right just like Arthur looks so pissed off um and, you know, sometimes, like, you know, especially week one, he was able to adjust and be like, all right, we got to run the ball down their throats, like, second half, like, fuck it, like, it's not, Ritter's not working right now. But it just feels like with the plays he dials up for the most part, it doesn't feel like he trusts Ritter enough. And then when he does unleash him a little bit, which we saw, like, he he did throw the ball down the field, you know, many times this week, it just didn't, he didn't really connect on any of those deep balls. Um, so it's like, I don't know what the point I'm trying to make is at this, at this juncture, but it feels like Arthur doesn't trust Ritter enough, and then and then Ritter probably hasn't done enough to to earn that trust. So it's like we're kind of in this like weird limbo thing where we haven't figured out the right way to put Desmond Ritter in a place to be successful, and I felt like. There's a lot of play calls in the Green Bay. Like that read option was great. Like the, the trickiness, the, the 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 cleverness in the play calling just was not there in Detroit. So I put I put a lot of this on Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone too, just not calling a good game plan.
1: Yeah, it seems like they didn't make an adjustment to Detroit. The the defensive side of the ball did make adjustments and were fantastic in the second half, but we didn't see that on the offensive side. Yeah, so disappointing. But you know, I, I wasn't really expecting to go in there and beat Detroit.
0: I was expecting us to at least, you know, lose by, like, I don't know, three or four beer bottles Not uh, that I'm sitting on the floor right now. Not 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 13 points and not to score a touchdown.
1: Well, you got to think, like, their one touchdown, well, I guess they ended up with two touchdowns, but, like, the first one early to Laporta, that was just... That
0: was just blown coverage. Blown coverage, yeah. But it was a good play call. They, like, took advantage of that. Um, but it was just, like,
1: one guy screwing up, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Richie, and Richie Grant. Richie Grant, yeah, left LaPorta wide open on that that deep ball from from Goff.
1: You know, it was very promising to see the defense, like, hit Goff nine times. Yeah,
0: that's good. And those are
1: eventually going to become sacks, and we're going to start getting more picks, and the offense is just going to have to take advantage. Like, we have a decent defense. Yeah. For the first time in years. Yeah. So, that is great. 2 and one is great. You know, three weeks ago, if... Anyone told the two of us that we'd be two and one going into London, we'd be stoked.
0: Yeah, we'd be very pleased. It's just a way you lost. I, I think that's the it thing. It felt that, bad. It feels
1: yeah. bad to lose.
0: Yeah. Well, it feels bad to lose, especially like that, because I mean, we saw so many games. There, I think it was like seven or eight games last year where we didn't crack twenty points, and like the same, you know, this and then this happened this week. Um, but you could also look at the other side and say, in the, through the first two games, you know, we outscored our opponents twenty-seven nothing in the second half. Um, which is fantastic. But you also look at those first two opponents, a rebuilding Carolina Panthers team and a Green Bay team that was banged up. And now you face a team that everyone picked to win the NFC North, and they showed you why. This is the first real test of the Falcons season. They didn't, they didn't pass muster on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so now we you know, turn our attention to Jacksonville for this 9:30 game this weekend, Adam, which will be really weird. For those of you on Disney+, Plus. there's like a Toy Story animated version of the game i don't understand how they're going to make it work but everybody's going to be playing in andy's room and they're going to react somehow as toys to the game that's happening and we'll be able to see it in live like somehow these animated figures will represent the players on the field and we'll be able and they'll present it as such and i don't know if it's going to be entertaining or bullshit but i'm going to check it out
1: there's no way you're actually going to like have that be your only form of watching this game though It'd be hilarious if you did.
0: I mean, if it's entertaining, I'll fucking do it. I mean, I got to see it. I got to see what it looks like. Luckily, you know, Alexa has ESPN Plus, so we can just throw it on there if need be. And I'm sure they're showing it locally in Atlanta, if you're in Atlanta, Um, normally. But I got to check out this Disney Plus thing, man. It just sounds so weird. Because CBS has done the thing with Nickelodeon where it's like, they'll cover the field in slime. or. But it's still the regular game. But it's still the regular game. This is, like, totally different. This is, like... Not live action, but they're reacting to what's going on in live action. Everything that happens in live action will happen in the game, but there are going to be toys. It's really weird. It's obviously geared towards kids, but, you know, I like the Falcons. I I love the Falcons, love Toy Story. i got to check it out. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, The actual people on the field, though.
0: The actual people on the field, yes.
1: Jacksonville, what are they, two and one, I think? I
0: think they're one and two. This is the
1: Calvin Ridley reunion. Um,
0: Yeah, they're one and two. They had a bad loss to the Texans. They lost at home. Um, so they're going to be hungry to go out there and try to try to take us out, and they are very comfortable playing um, playing in London. They, they're doing two games in London back to back, one against us and the one against uh, Buffalo.
1: Oh, that's brutal.
0: Yeah, um, which I think constitutes two of their home games. And I heard on the radio today that they're trying, or no, on uh, part of my take that they're trying to build a one billion dollar stadium in London or something, and maybe move the... I don't know. It's all rumors, all conjecture, but it's weird. Anyway, point being, Jacksonville plays in London every year at least one game. They know how to do it. The The travel across the pond will not affect them, and I think that also is something to consider when evaluating this game.
1: Yeah, we've been out there too,
0: though.
1: Was that just last year? It
0: was A no, couple, couple years ago. A couple
1: years ago. It was Calvin Ridley's... That's another interesting storyline. It was Calvin Ridley's last game as a Falcon. Yeah, and he caught a touchdown. It was in London.
0: Yeah, right. That was when he came back, caught a touchdown, and he was like, ah, I, I don't want to play. Anymore. Yeah, I gotta take care of. It. He's done. He's had a good season so far this year, but you know, Jacksonville comes in one and two. Brutal loss to the Texans at home, thirty-seven to seventeen. Just got spanked, mm. and then they lost at home to uh, Kansas City the week before. They had multiple chances to really win that game. Their defense played really hard, that the offense could not capitalize and lost seventeen to nine in week two. Week one, they beat the Colts thirty-one to twenty-one um, in Indianapolis. One thing that I think we have to consider when evaluating opponents from here on out, Adam, is how do they do against the run? Um, so the Lions currently are the seventh best run defense in the NFL, only giving up 84 yards uh, a game on the ground so far. So, and that's pretty good considering they played Indianapolis. Zach Moss is a good running back. Tore up the Ravens. Um, you know, the Chiefs have a solid, uh, eh, solid run game. Not a great run game. And then the Texans um, don't really have a great run game. But still, three games in, they have a top-ten run defense. So,
1: Yeah, that's what's a little – I mean, keep in mind, I think we had gone 17 straight games of 100-plus rushing yards until this last week. And, but what's a little scary is the Lions aren't like a top-tier Run defensive no, unit
0: No, or a defensive unit in general They're also missing C.J. Gardner-Johnson We didn't take advantage of that Hutchinson's really their only, like, boss oh,
1: I think we just got away from it Like,
0: yeah. you
1: gotta keep trying it I understand wanting to pick up bigger yards on first If you keep getting stuffed But eventually they're gonna break That's what we've, we've seen in
0: yeah, the we last kn- couple of years Yeah, and we know how creative Arthur Smith can be In run formations And, you know, we've seen it this year We saw it last year um, So he's just gotta hopefully get back to that and not just be like we're just gonna run it to the you know between the tackles and or, or the guards and just jam it up the middle and it just wasn't wasn't working at all.
1: Surely CP actually plays this week. Maybe we need just like he's our Jesse Chavez, a guy who still has game, just a big veteran, gonna get people fired up. Yeah,
0: just, just give the team something to something and like change up the passing, change up the passing time. Throw Bijan out there more. Um, you know, I want to see him more in the slot. Take advantage of going up against these linebackers or, or cornerbacks who can't deal with his speed, like and, and, and passing. Um and he's a great receiver. We know this. Like we gotta utilize B. John Robinson uh much better than we have so far.
1: I still like this team, Graham.
0: I don't I don't hate this team. We I got think a lot of weapons. The defense has shown me a lot, there's a lot of weapons, it just comes down to the damn quarterback at this point. Like it really it really does. So losing and
1: Troy Anderson hurts though.
0: That has hurt, and that's going to hurt.
1: That needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about that. We still, I think, we still have like seven or eight million dollars in cap space, that, so we could potentially go out and do something. Uh, I think the trade deadline's week six or eight or something like that. So they'll probably evaluate this week, and then go from there. Sure. But uh, yeah, it should be interesting with Calvin really coming back to play the Falcons. I predict he's going to have you know a big game. Um, or. I don't know if he's going to have a big game, but he's going to be motivated. He's going to be really motivated to uh, do work. And so far this year, Calvin's coming in with 13 receptions, 173 yards through three games. So pretty good. Pretty good season so far for Calvin, so that's good for him. But, um, you know, these Jaguars, everybody is you know really high on. This is supposed to be Trevor Lawrence's year where he really busts out. Travis Etienne. These are guys, Adam, you should be talking about being a Clemson Tigers alum slash fan. Um, tell tell the good people about Lawrence and Etienne. I
1: think everyone knows about them. Oh sure, they're but st- like they're studs. Yeah, number one. Well, they they got drafted the same year a couple years ago. Um, what do you want me to tell them? Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he had a, a, a rough rookie year. Started to show huge signs last year, getting them to the playoffs. He is a, still a little bit up and down though. Like he's yeah. not like consistently putting up 350 yards no. a game. They like, had so
0: many chances that Kansas City game to beat them. They had, like, chances deep in the, like, they had turn they forced turnovers in the red zone. They could not convert them to I, touchdowns.
1: I'll tell you what, though. If you want to get, like, he is just, Trevor Lawrence is just the ultimate, like, quarterback specimen. Like, you just watch him throw the ball, and you're like, oh, my God. That is night and day. What, against what we normally see with Desmond Ritter. Right. Like the way the ball comes out just fires yeah, out of his Yeah, right. it just
0: shoots out there, right? It's
1: unbelievable. Whereas, and he's big yeah, and yeah. he can move. Right. Uh, I would love to have Trevor Lawrence oh, yeah. as the quarterback again, but it's not going to happen. And uh, ETN's just a, a great back. He's not as good as our back, but he's a very good running back and a weapon.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a guy, you know, last week, even in a loss, runs for. 88 yards, uh, 19 carries, and also gets four receptions out of the backfield for 50 yards. So that's someone you can't mess around with. Christian Kirk's also a good receiver. Evan Ingram, the tight end, is also someone to worry about. He led the team in receptions last week. And we already talked about Calvin Ridley. You know, really solid offensive unit. Um, And your boy, Adam, Foyer. Remember Foyer? Oh,
1: yeah. Foyer
0: is crushing it. We could use him. Crushing it with Jacksonville. Had 14 tackles last week. He's been a monster. He has 22 tackles on the season. Um, you know, he's a guy that was rewarded, I think, with a three or four year contract with Jacksonville, and he's certainly making good on it so far.
1: Are tackles even a good stat for a linebacker nowadays? Well, like Paul Warlow put up huge tackle numbers,
0: sure, but he also had eighteen and a half tackles for loss last year. That's pretty damn. That,
1: good. That's a different yeah. stat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, this is a guy that you know is is out there and, and very involved, and we know how good he is from when he when he was with the Falcons. Yep. So. Um definitely something to keep in mind there. So I mean, what do you think what How do you think the Falcons will react? We have to get in, we didn't get in predictions really last week. what are your you don't have to predict the score, but what are your predictions for the game?
1: <sighs> I'm gonna give us the win. Give us the win. Wow. I don't think the falcons I don't think the offense makes as many strides as we hope that it does, and we win like, I don't know like. 2017.
0: 2017. Okay. Do so you think we get we, we really get it going against the uh, seventh-ranked run defense in the league?
1: Enough to get to 20 points. Enough to get to 20 points. Yeah. Which okay. isn't a huge number in the NFL, you know? No. Like I, I think we will do better, but it, uh, we're going to rely on the defense again.
0: Yeah, I think you have to, and the defense will be tested. Like we mentioned, all those weapons and Trevor Lawrence will will be ready to play. I don't think they'll have as disappointing of an outing as they did last week. And that's the thing with the NFL. It's so weird. It's like week to week, things can absolutely change in a heartbeat. And things that happen on Sunday didn't happen the last Sunday. I mean, you look at, you know, Arizona beating Dallas. Shit doesn't happen normally. Yeah. I mean, Just you, anything can happen.
1: It's, it's tough to predict. Like we were talking about how easy our schedule is. The rest of the year, some of those games are looking a little tougher now.
0: Yeah, Texans look a little tougher. CJ Stroud's playing his ass off, yeah. um, and their defense is not, like th- that defense held this high-powered, supposedly high-powered Jacksonville, uh, you know, offense to under twenty points. So we can't get one-dimensional again. If we're going to get one-dimensional, we get, it's got to be more towards the run. But we really need Ritter to step up and play a competent game. I'm not I'm not looking for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Just a competent game. Don't be a hero slow the game down, Two, step up in the pocket. 250. Yeah, 250, step up in the pocket. Touchdowns. I think touchdowns. I think if he would just step up in the pocket and work on his release, that would start to help things a lot. I mean, I'm just sitting here saying that. I'm sure they are working on that. But it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can. I have not seen a quarterback. And I don't know if we've ever had a quarterback that takes as long to get the ball out as Desmond Ritter does. Like He just winds up, big old wind. It's like, good Lord. It's like he's uh, on the rubber out there. It's so weird to me. Got to get open, man. They got to get open, but you also got to get rid of it. So, um, I think, I hate to say this, I think we lose. I think we lose by like four or five points. I think it's going to be you know closer than the Lions game. I think our defense is still going to step up to the plate, but I think it's going to be like an ugly 17 13, 17 14 kind of game that we're looking at. And I think it's going to, and I don't think either team's going to play great. I think the going over to London um, and just playing in a different environment and the teams are going to come out maybe a little sluggish and it's going to be a low-scoring affair and last possession wins. That's, that's my prediction. So I think, unfortunately, we might come up short here. But I think I think it will be closer, and I think the offense will hopefully get its shit together a little more. The running, the running game definitely will. There's no way in hell they're going to hold us to what um, Detroit held us to, I, I should hope.
1: Well, Graham, the good news is that definitively next week, one of us will be able to say, I told you so.
0: Unless it's a tie. <laughs> Get out of here. The Colts and Ravens almost tied this week. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, we'll take a little break, and then we'll talk some Braves. The Shadow Adam, you can open your beer. want we'll to ask you about your feelings on the Atlanta Braves right now. Well, what are your confident what's your confidence level with Max Fried going on the injured list, Charlie Morton going on the injured list, and, and Charlie Morton for sure because he went on the injured list when he did with his index finger issue, will miss the division series. What is your confidence level in this pitching staff right now with Spencer Strider being the only guy that's active at the moment, he- you know, heading into the playoffs next week? Confidence level for what? What's your confidence level in the pitching staff itself? The rotation, not the bullpen, the rotation. For the first series? For the first series. Either against Arizona or Philadelphia. Fine. where Would you put that on a numerical scale? <laughs> Six to seven. Six to seven. Here's the kicker. All right.
1: That, you know, that that remains seven, eight-ish if Freed's fully healthy, which it seems like it shouldn't be an issue. This is plenty of time for him to deal with his blister thing. And for the NLCS, we really only need three pitchers. And you can run Freed and Strider both twice. Sure. Because there's off days built in. It's like sure. game one, off day. There's enough off days for them to like pitch twice at full rest. So then, all you're looking at is
0: for the for, in, for the DS, right? For the
1: DS, all right. you're looking at game three, probably starting with Elder on a very tight leash, Grant. <sighs> this is the playoffs. Remember, tight leash. So you got Elder on a tight
0: leash. Yeah. Good. Well,
1: you're in the dog walking game. You know what a leash is, right? I, I do. You got to keep it tight. There's traffic. You're on Piedmont Road near Juniper. Yeah, you know it's, it's no good. <laughs> you got to watch out. Yeah. So he's on a very tight leash, and then you got maybe Kyle Wright ready to go. Kyle Wright came out of the bullpen the other day. looked very good at his best appearance. First time bullpen. he's looked good all year. Yeah. So if he if he's only prepared like, hey man, we need 40, 50 pitches out of you, that could be a different Kyle Wright. Jesse Chavez bullpen game. You can make it work. But at the end of the day, if Freed and Strider are both healthy, I'm okay for the first series. And then Morton might be able to come back for the CS. I if just,
0: we get there. Yeah. My my feelings are, I think it's, not for Freed, but for Charlie, it's a lot of time off. He's missing his last, what, two starts. He's going to miss an entire series. And if, he, if we're lucky enough to get to the LCS, or good enough, then... That's a, that's a lot to ask. And the same thing with, with Free to a degree. It's, he's still going to be missing, what, two more starts? Or at least, ace, yeah, he's including the one he already missed. He'll miss another one. And then it's like, all right, turn it up for the NLDS now. Hope your endurance is good. Hope you're.
1: Well, he's still throwing. He's still taking bullpens. Like, they can patch the hell out of his blister. And he's still, like, throwing bullpens yeah. on a regular schedule. His arm's going to be there. They, he just can't pitch with that shit on his finger. So they're just protecting it. I don't think it's as serious. Like when I first saw the news, I didn't know what it meant. I don't think it's like that serious with Freed. My concern and is he's a gamer. He's a bulldog. Of we course,
0: of course. But my concern with the blister is that there was a report of the blister like last week or the week before. Takes a start off, then pitches, and the blister pops up again. What I'm concerned about is the blister coming back after the NLDS start. And he, uh, you know, aggravates it enough to the point where he can't pitch.
1: Well, I have a question for you. Okay, what kind of doctor are you?
0: I'm not a doctor. Well, you, well, you know, I'm a doctor in the what's uh, your specialty? Uh, wrists and ankles, podiatry. You, you, if you really
1: know. should have specialized in fingers.
0: I could be to helping be able Max to properly
1: analyze because no. Charlie Morton's got hand and finger issues sure. as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate. It's very scary timing for all of this. Obviously. If one of those guys can't actually pitch, we're in a whole heap of trouble. But if those two could pitch, we won a World Series with two starting pitchers.
0: Yeah, but you don't, that's not the blueprint to win a World Series. I mean, there, you can argue that there is no real great blueprint to win a World Series, but you want to have more than two viable starters to win a World Series. And this whole week, I have just been thinking about the things I've been saying all year, about the pitching depth, which I won't regurgitate at this point. Everybody who's listening to this show knows my feelings. When did you start saying that? I said this in spring training.
1: Okay, interesting. Uh,
0: I said, we have not addressed our pitching depth because I said, you're going into the season with a bunch of guys, and we'll go through them. Strider, he's going into his first full season. How is he going to hold up down the stretch? Freed was the only guy I really had no concerns about.
1: Well, Strider's held up.
0: Strider has held up. So he's held up his end of the bargain. He still has some issues every once in a while where he'll run into giving up a three-run homer when he don't, when you absolutely don't want that to happen. But overall, he's been great. Um, you know, I was not worried about Freed. Freed was like the one guy I was like, I know what I'm getting from him. Obviously, that hasn't happened this year with his health issues, unfortunately. Um, but you know, Morton, I was very concerned about just because he's old. He had a bad season last year. Horrible playoff start last year.
1: Top ten in ERA and strikeouts. He's had a good year.
0: He's pitched a lot better this year, than, but I'm saying I was going to spring training. Right, right. This is, this is my opinion, he's going well, to spring training.
1: Well, yeah, that opinion, now we're talking results. Now
0: we're talking results. Okay, so, yeah. It's like I'm talking turnoff. And then, yeah, I was worried about Kyle Wright because this was his first, um, you know, last year was his first full year, and, you know, we don't know if that's going to be a consistent result we're getting or not. And I was also concerned about the cortisone injection he received during spring training. He hasn't pitched all year until September. And I was like, okay. And then we didn't really have a fifth starter. Uh, Ian Anderson's a head case. Soroka was an injury-prone guy. We didn't know anything about Elder. Schuster and, who was it, Dodd were tearing up spring training. But I was like, we can't trust these guys. We don't know how well they're going to hold up. And even if Elder's good, we don't know how well he's going to hold up. We've seen seen Soroka not pitch well all year and then injure himself again. We've seen Elder completely disintegrate in the second half of the season. Has a four eight one ERA since July and a four seven five FIP. Just terrible, um, you know, in the second half. And Schuster and Dot aren't factors. We did not do anything to address our issues in the rotation. And I also said we we ended last season with two guys getting hurt right be, right before the division series ended, and we did not have anyone to take their place. Strider was terrible in the playoffs. Freed, you know, whatever. And we knew you know Freed wasn't good because of the flu, but that was kind of a freak thing. And Morton was pretty much not a good starter all year in 2022. So I was like, why haven't we gotten someone who is a viable, dependable starter in the offseason or at the trade deadline? I especially figured when Wright and Freed go down for months on end that we would have done something to be like, maybe we should solidify our rotation.
1: Who would you have won the trade deadline? Let's go back to there. I, I the na- the names that have been traded. Which one of them have actually been? You're go, you're,
0: you're going to laugh at me, but I really wanted us to get Lucas Giolito. I know he was terrible when we went to the Angels, but before he went to the Angels and and the Guardians, he was a perfectly serviceable pitcher. Um, you know with Chica- the Chicago White Sox, and I feel like you know a three seven nine ERA, one two two WHIP, nothing outstanding, but a solid guy. You know, a guy that you could say I could turn to this dude um, if I need to in the in the playoffs. Um, he has been terrible with the Angels. He was terrible with Cleveland after he got traded from Chicago. But that doesn't necessarily would mean that he would have been terrible if he came to the Braves. Marcus Stroman was another guy I wanted, but they didn't. You know, Chicago didn't want to get rid of him. Those are the two guys on my radar. You could have also gone with Lance Lynn, who's been decent enough with LA. But the problem is now that you you don't have anybody. You have no one.
1: Interesting take on like you're admitting these guys have not been actually good.
0: Yeah, but that, that was my that was my take at the trade deadline. Like Giolito was fine before he was traded. So
1: you think that would have just worked out differently with the Braves? It could have.
0: Why not? You're, you're you know think about the organization he Is went to. A, the Angels. Chavez. The, the Angels are terrible. Think about Jesse Chavez with the Angels. Can't pitch with them. Comes to the Braves, fine.
1: It's possible, Graham. It's I'm possible. just
0: saying he had a good year all year. He had a solid season, sub four ERA. I didn't need a world beater. I didn't even need an ace. I just needed someone who could come in here and pitch competently. And we only have one guy that can do that right now that's active on the roster. And that's a fucking problem going into the playoffs.
1: Well, that, that, that's a bold statement, but talk through like w- the reality where Freed actually is.
0: The reality where he is is that he should be back for the NLDS, but with how this blister has been behaving the last month, it just concerns me because it seems to be uh, a wily blister. He didn't
1: pitch through a blister.
0: Can he pitch through it and be effective?
1: He's dealt with them his whole his whole life.
0: I know he's had he's had issues in 2018, 2019, and 2021, and now this year. So it's like yes, this has happened before. But I'm just saying, all the guys that we had that were supposed to be depth pieces, or guys that we expected to, uh, you know, appear and rise up and be someone. The only guy that did that was Elder, and you can't depend on a guy who's a rookie to do that the entire season. And that's what we've done, and now. We have no one to come in and help. Darius Vines, Alan Winnens, you can't trust these guys in the postseason. Bro. You might have to, but, the, but you shouldn't. And I think Anthopolis made a grievous error not solidifying this rotation, especially considering what happened last year with the injuries at the last second. And the same thing's happening again. And now we are where we are. We have two good starters, if Freed is healthy, going into the playoffs. Is that That's kind of objective, right?
1: Uh, yeah, for for the first series. Yes, yes. yes. And I don't like that. <laughs> that's not ideal.
0: Yeah, but I just feel like we could have done made preventive taking preventive measures to fix that. Bullpen games
1: are a thing. I mean, you can't. That's a lot of injuries. Like,
0: but because I, I, I
1: remember a, having the conversation, and you agreed with me at the time. Like, just going into the season, Strider, Freed, Morton, Wright, Elder, Soroka, Anderson. I was like, where, where are you going to put all these guys? That is stacked. No one has depth like this. And like you don't expect Wright to miss the season, you don't expect Anderson to completely. Well, he had the injury, the arm injury. I didn't.
0: I didn't have any faith in Anderson.
1: Like Soroka looked good at the end of last year, but no
0: faith in him either. He hasn't pitched for real in three years.
1: Right. It's just
0: there's too many guys with too many questions. You want to have a few questions.
1: That's a great top four. No. Yeah, on paper,
0: on paper, yes, Yes, it's a great top four. Baseball
1: has. But they're just, better on paper but, than that.
0: Yes, but there are too many questions. Or you build a team on paper. The only guy that doesn't have a question around him was Freed going into the season to me. Everyone else had questions that needed to be backed up with guys that could yeah. come in the, and help. The
1: Mets rotation had questions,
0: and those turned
1: out to be problems as
0: well. Yeah, the Mets are a joke organization. We're not. But like, I expect better from us.
1: You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, you look at those names. It's like, oh, those guys are great. They're not going to have problems. Problems. Everyone has problems. Everyone has problems. It's about it, This is baseball, Graham. It's what are you going to do about it? Are we going to sit here, complain, and look in the past? No. We're the best team in baseball. We've won 100, and 100 games at this point. We have the best offense possibly in history.
0: Let's go get it done, Graham. I would like to go get it done. I'm just saying we are, we are, we are naked in the dark right now on the rotation pitching staff. It is, is a scary situation to me. Anthopolis has failed the pitching staff. Two
1: innings staff. from Elder. Two innings from Wright. Chavez.
0: You can do it. Now, I'm Boom. not saying you can't do it. We all know we've had pitching struggles down the stretch. And we all know the offense has been still been really good down the stretch, and minus the little hangover weekend in Miami and unfortunately losing two or three to Philadelphia. Things have gone great, even with all these injuries that have happened. But once you get to the playoffs, pitching wins. All
1: right, Graham, so let's talk starting pitching then. Let's, let's see what, the, what are the Dodgers working with right now.
0: Dodgers are very banged up too. So, okay, really banged they, they, up. Exactly.
1: So th- th- they
0: should have done a lot more. They should have done short. more, too. I agree. And they have oh, less... what are these people? Brad Miller, Clayton Kershaw, we
1: know him. Dustin <laughs> May. I could swear he was We know bad. Miller's good. Ed Sheehan. Miller's really good. Urias, who's, he's, he's gone for the year. Yeah. Lance Lynn's no terrible. No, they're screwed. Who the hell is M. Grove? R. Pepiot? Ryan Yarbo?
0: Yeah, I'm not saying we're alone in this. Like, the Dodgers are as naked as we are uh, pitching right, so who, who right Who now? are you
1: scared of pitching, then? Philadelphia. Are they more than two to three deep?
0: i say they're three deep with Nola, Wheeler, and Ranger Suarez. This is a pretty decent three-man rotation. I know Nola has struggled, but, you know, he's still a really good pitcher. And Lance Lynn, for the record, has been okay with L.A. 4-5 ERA, one two nine whip. That's that's fine. I'll, I'll take that. I mean, I'll take Strider, Freed, Morton. Yeah, you won't get Strider, Freed, Morton in the division series. Well, not that one,
1: but, you know. One of their guys could go down, and they're in the same boat. They could. They could. There's a lot of
0: variables, but we've had so much, and we dealt with so much last year, it just feels silly not to have addressed it. I don't know. Um, Yeah, Phillies are the—really, honestly, you put a gun to my head, I'd rather play the Dodgers than the Phillies right now with how banged up the Dodgers are pitching-wise. The Phillies' offense is scary. They just took two or three from us, and they got a— you know, they got a good pitching staff. They know how to win in October. Not that we don't. We do as well. But it's like, for the love of God, can Arizona somehow pull a rabbit out of their hat? Of course, I said the same thing last year when Philly was playing St. Louis. I did not want to fuck with the Cardinals in the playoffs because so that usually ends bad for us. And the Phillies come in and kick our ass. No one knows what's going to happen. There's just serious concerns going on right now with us. That, that's all I'm saying.
1: Baseball's a weird one, man. I mean,. Like we are highly favored in Vegas to win the World Series, and that percentage is twenty six percent.
0: So was Houston when we beat them.
1: Exactly. So but like, just the point of like, highly favored is there's a three out of four chance you're gonna lose, because any team. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell by your face I like, did not. The, the point <laughs> no, is, I put it, it it's not it's not like NBA where. You know, teams have like 90%, like a one over an eight.
0: Yeah, no. Baseball you know? is the biggest. That's the thing that scares me the most like, is I it's mean, the biggest Ari- variable.
1: Like Arizona could beat Philly.
0: They could, and they've been playing their asses off. They just swept Chicago. I almost want Philly because
1: I think the Braves want Philly. Uh, they want a rematch from last year.
0: We just got to Str- get to the playoffs, Strider man. wants Philly. Strider definitely wants Philly. Strider has owned Philly in the regular season. He's still playing really well. His last start against them, um, you know, a three-run homer to Harper. Other than that, he pitched great. I think he went at least six innings. That was the,
1: that was the clincher, right? Seven innings.
0: Yeah, he looked great. Um, so I am I feel very confident with a healthy Spencer Strider taking the bump in Game 1. I think without a doubt, even if Freed comes back, Strider's your Game 1 starter. He's, he's regularly doing his routine. He's still pitching actively. He's the Game 1 starter. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that to do, me.
1: Do you pitch him again this year?
0: Yeah, but you don't have to – don't throw him, like, seven innings or anything, but let him – give him one more start and then tell him to get his head ready for postseason baseball.
1: For the re- tonight, Dansby Swanson's returning to Atlanta, which is a bit yeah. of a bummer that it's happening, like, you know, at the end of the year like this. Yeah. would have been cool if that was earlier. But Cubs are fighting for their playoff yeah. spots still. But the only – like, it was elder tonight. That was all the Braves released. And then, like, the rest of the season is TBD.
0: Two nothing Cubs so far. Elder's going up two runs. Man, price <laughs> Elder's gonna start a playoff game. Jesus Christ. Uh ah. what inning? That's the second inning.
1: Okay.
0: Elder was so good to start the year, but that's just the thing, man. These young guys, they wear down after a little while. Uh what else, Adam? What else can we say about the the Braves? I mean, it's it's kind of like You know, we've established that we have injuries in the pitching staff. We can debate and argue whether or not enough was done or not to uh, solidify the rotation or not. Um, We can look at the offense and say we're still cooking. We can say Acuna is is the first member of the 40-60 club, which is outstanding. He's had just such a beautiful season. Um, What else can we possibly say going into this is it? This is it. This is the last week. Isn't this the last week of Major League Baseball? Regular season. Hell of a season, bro. It's been a great season. As much as I've, you know, kind of been like beating the drum about the things that have gone wrong, you cannot absolutely cannot take away how good this team has been. I think what, seven players with twenty more home runs, a team that's slugging over five hundred leads baseball and runs scored, slugging RBI home runs. Um, you know, a team that has risen above losing two of its best starting pitchers for the majority of the season last year. It's been fantastic and Snicker overall has done a great job. Anthopolis has assembled a really great team. Um so yeah, there's a ton of positives here. And the thing I also I was impressed with is that the Braves came out and had a hot start. You know, they got going. They haven't been out of first I don't know the last time we were in first place all season. Like it wasn't
1: I don't think we haven't been.
0: I agree. Yeah. So I mean, like you think about twenty twenty one. Up and down season, even though it ended great. Twenty twenty two was a bit of a slog against the Mets um 2023 has just been domination from day one it's been an outstanding year but you gotta finish this team has to finish you cannot lose in the division series again I will tear my I will I will shave my head if we lose in the division series I can't deal with that again this team is too good for that come on even with all these stupid ass injuries
1: we are, but yeah, it's baseball. Thing, things happen. I'm going to be scared the whole time. Oh,
0: yeah. I'll be shaking in my space boots.
1: But, you know, just give me Max Freed and Spencer Strider looking like Max Freed and Spencer Strider.
0: And that goes a long way. I'll make it happen.
1: But if the offense can keep putting up eight runs a game, hey.
0: I don't think that will happen as much in the playoffs, but I wouldn't. You know, I would. I not be surprised if you know we go to Philly and say we touch up Zach Wheeler or touch up Nola or whatever. Um, Arizona, we've done it before. We've done it before. Zach Gallon. Zach Gallen's a good pitcher, but he's also prone to having a kind of a blow up thing as well. Being one of his uh, fantasy baseball owners this year, <laughs> like he he is really good, but he is not a, he's not like you know it's not like you're facing Randy Johnson or something he's had a a great year a 3490 or a 1.11 whip he's been he's been great but he's not perfect so um, he's really the only guy i'm scared of in arizona i don't you know again but you can't look overlook anybody anybody could that's what's beautiful about the baseball postseason anybody can step up anybody can be a hero anybody can play above their pay grade all the analytics all the bullshit all the war all the ops all the obp all the f4 all the sierra whatever it all goes out the fucking window once it becomes October third,
1: I'm going to say Alan Winnens is our 2023 playoff MVP. Wow!
0: <laughs> wow!
1: I believe it, Alan Winnens.
0: He had a bad appearance his last time out, but he's been good overall. Um, he's got a great last name. For I think you. Pitcher. I think he's got to be. Is there anyone um, rotation wise that you are not rotation wise, but roster wise, where you're like? This guy needs to be on the team either in the bullpen or in, or on offense. I think we both agree Forrest Wall. Absolutely. I think we talked about that last week. Absolutely has to be on the postseason roster. Um, Nicky Lopez is another guy. But I can't really yeah, – s-
1: Nicky Lopez, we, like he is legitimately like one of the best infielders in the world. In the de- world? Defensively. Wow. Yeah, like his defensive metrics are off the charts. Okay.
0: Can you tell uh, us about them?
1: No. <laughs> I could regurgitate what other
0: people Yeah, say. please, regurgitate away. <laughs>
1: well, that's pretty, I just did it.
0: Well, why is he... What? What is, what is so good about his metrics? I mean, runs the same.
1: Go look at the metrics. I don't want to look at them. I, don't I, don't know. Well, I just, well,
0: Why say it then? That's what I hear. Oh, my God. For
1: people that know a lot more okay, than
0: me. Okay. Brad Roland said Brad it. Brad Rowland said it. Okay. Well, Brad Roland knows what he's talking he's about. He's a sabermetrics nerd. He is a metrics nerd.
1: Yeah, Nicky Lopez, Forrest Wall, I think those are probably no-brainers at this point. Some guys that have been there all year, like Michael Tonkin, he's been rough recently. You gotta, you can't, you can't put him on the roster.
0: I know Snicker has said that Kyle Wright officially is in the bullpen, um, like going forward. That's what he's doing. So he's, you know, he he's, he'll be there.
1: I just think with with Chavez back, he probably gets pushed out. His role like really isn't there. Yeah. I don't know if there's actually room for winnings, but we'll see, man. It's a nice idea. It's uh. It's weird. Nick Anderson, I think, is in rehab again. I don't know if you
0: uh, he's done. can't trust him at this point. Yeah. McHugh, I don't trust him either. I know he's rehabbing yeah. from injury. So we'll see, man. Jesse Chavez has to, you know, I think he's a prime candidate step up. I'm so glad he came back. I didn't think he was going to be able to come back, but he's looked really good upon his return. So it's coming down the pipe, man.
1: Getting into it. Bet, I mean, this is legitimately the best time of year for sports.
0: NFL. For me. Yeah. NFL baseball playoffs. And I try starting up oh. I even saw like the Hawks play a game in like
1: ten days. I'm like, I'm not ready for the Hawks. No.
0: <laughs> the Hawks all, like the NBA always starts at the worst possible time when no one's thinking about the NBA. thinking about the baseball playoffs starting up, they're thinking about NFL, they're thinking about college football. Not, no one thinking at all about the NBA. How right awful now. is unless that you're like a super hoop head.
1: Last year just trying to talk about the Hawks and just not giving a the
0: shit. The last two years. They've just yeah. been dog shit. Um, and, again, they're going to be another mediocre play-in tournament team that wins the play-in game and then gets their asses kicked in the first round.
1: They've basically done nothing this offseason, right, besides extend DeJounte.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the, the cool part, I guess, about I'll trade John it, Collins. John Collins is gone. Um, but the, I guess the cool part about it is is that you'll get a full year of um, Quinn Snyder and see what he can do now. Now he's had an offseason. He has his guys in there. Clear out Nick McMillan's staff.
1: Jalen Jalen Johnson. Yeah, like, development. Yeah,
0: like what? Like I don't know. It could be I'm interesting. a development guy. Graham, you are a development guy.
1: I like to watch people come up. Sure. I don't write them off after the rookie season.
0: I don't write anybody off for the rookie season. I, you know, I've I haven't officially written Desmond Ritter off, but well, I am no, very close.
1: You told me point blank on Sunday when you were angry, he's done. I've officially written him off.
0: Okay, I'll stick with that. I'll stick with it. He's officially done to me. Desmond Ritter proved me wrong, but right now you look pretty cooked. Okay. Seven games into your NFL career, had which is that, it's just a bad take. Have to
1: get that on the record.
0: He just doesn't do anything to get you inspired or excited. Like it's just, it's just was, boring ass pl- play.
1: I was trying to pull up um, stats of Peyton Manning's rookie year because everyone always talks about how he was like really really rough.
0: He was, but he on. had the he had the intangibles. There's nothing about Ritter that speaks. Yep, this guy's got quick release. This guy's accurate. Yes, this guy steps up in the pocket. Nothing. He's just okay at times.
1: Let's just rehash the entire conversation. Yeah, let's just go back.
0: (laughs) Let's go back. Let's talk for another hour and a half. Um,
1: And maybe about the Braves offseason and not getting enough starting pitching either.
0: I'll hang on to that. Did you say I'm like, I'm wrong about that considering where we are right now? Or even, you're an outcomes guy. I think you're
1: wrong, yeah. Based on who was available at the trade deadline and what they've done, and the fact that we had Kyle Wright coming back,
0: but you can't trust that.
1: If Morton's not hurt, like we have a great rotation. No one,
0: no one has a better rotation. Big if, and I, and I agree. Like there's not, there wasn't a so ton com, out come there. Come
1: NLCS, we could have the best rotation left in the playoffs.
0: Potentially, if you play at Los Angeles, so we'll see.
1: I, I just don't think you take into account like other teams and what they actually have. It's like everyone's got issues, man.
0: I know. They do. I'm just saying like these are the problems the Braves have. It feels like they've done nothing to solve them. I think you could have turned Lucas, Lucas Giolito into a solid player. You could have traded for Lance Lynn and getting, you know, for absolutely nothing. Um, and they could have been solid, competent pitchers who have been there and done that for years. But here's a question. I, as opposed to here. now you got Bryce Elder who's running on fumes.
1: Here's a question for you. He's not going to be a starter in the playoffs, but what odds do you put of our first-round pick, Hurston Waldrop, your brother apparently, yeah, who made an appearance in AAA this week Mm -hmm. after just getting drafted this year, was playing college ball this year. Now he's in AAA. Any chance that he's on this MLB roster within the week and on the playoff roster? Not to start. He's not going to start. Don't be crazy.
0: I wouldn't be surprised just given the bullpen's just been kind of fishy lately. Um, I think it's a hell of a thing to ask somebody who started the year in A-ball, but he seems to be excelling at every level. So I'm, in
1: big games, college world I'm, Series. I'm
0: not opposed to it. Um, he's the kind of guy also that's just going to go in there with a fuck you attitude and um, not give a shit. People have never seen him. That's what I'm saying. like There's no Skyrim report on him really. And you're just going to go in there and just keep doing your thing, and maybe it turns out well. I think the bullpen needs all the help it can get. The bullpen after the rotation is my biggest concern. It's not. This isn't the night shift where it was shut down. This is. This is a. This is a flawed bullpen right now, for sure. Well, I think that's your show, and uh, we'll see you guys next week to talk NLDS preview. And uh, yeah, Adam, anything else you want to say? Nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for listening. Rise up, chop on, unite, and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitomastop.
1: soup.